I've been spreading the word. I don't know if there might be. No, that's cool. I did too. I posted on the community tab that I was, you know, that we were going to do this. I didn't announce who it was because I figured it'd just be more fun this way for them to be like, you know, who's, who's, I think I'll keep it a surprise every time unless, you know, uh, Dave Grohl or something comes on with me. Otherwise, it'll just be a surprise, which will never happen. Anyways, uh, welcome to the channel. It's me, Bark of Obscure Mics, and I've got. I'm gonna call you Pags because uh, yeah, that's what you yeah, tell me. Cool. You, and I go by, you know, my last name is Barker, and I call myself Bark. So we can both be narcissists and just call ourselves by our <laughs> nicknames tonight. Uh, but it's Pags from MEI Studios. If you don't watch MEI Studios, you know what you should, because everybody that watches my channel, which is a small channel, you know, they they usually cross into obscure or not obscure talk about the podcast but audio hotline uh you know of course bandrew booth junkie and then there's all kinds of other creators that are into audio gear and mics like myself that are a smaller channel and uh that's what we're doing it's uh it's it's small channel time with with me and pags from mei studios tell uh the handful of people what you do uh, and I just, I think I just want to be quiet for like a solid two to three minutes. So what you do, what your channel is, what got you into the YouTube thing? I know what you do for a living, at least. Do I don't you, think do you, you have a nine to five. Probably not. Unless, I mean, you say you got this studio and then it's like, you know, as long as there's no one recording, I can do it then. And then I assume MEI Studios is a full-time gig, but correct me if I'm wrong and just tell everybody everything you want to tell them. Okay. Okay. Well, well um, pretty much. Pretty much. I, I, was, I, a I was a musician from, from, I guess. I guess sixteen up. up. Um, I, I started started doing studio, studio gigs and stuff, and stuff when I was 16, 16, 17, 17 years old. I was a I was a touring musician for a long time. Ooh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Anybody? Did you tour with anyone we've heard of or know? Oh, of? Yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, have, I just talked in the mic.
So, so it was you know, kind of crazy, crazy, but uh, uh, was doing, was that, doing that and had the studio, had the studio since probably, probably 97, 98, somewhere in there. And, and uh, been doing been it doing ever, ever since. since. <laughs> Tell me about the studio because, like, obviously I watch your videos because, and that's what I love about YouTube is like people comment on your stuff. And me, I'm super appreciative when anyone spends any amount of time watching anything I do. Because I am not a touring musician or a studio guru or in anything. I literally went from a fantasy football addict that wanted to do a podcast about dynasty format fantasy football. And there was none out there. So I was like, I'll just do it myself. So I did that. And next thing you know, it's like, I don't care about football anymore. It's all audio. Like it just grasped me and pulled me in. But where was I going with that? I don't even know where I was going with that, but I, I, you know, I am none of those things. So whatever I asked you to talk about before that, I shouldn't Appar- have Apparently uh, they're hearing, hearing, hearing me double like, like I'm hearing, hearing me double. Well, shoot. I just got, I just a got a text, text, from, text somebody. from somebody. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's me. That's me. That's messed up. Or is it for anyone out there? Can you comment? Is it, is it just, extremely tough to hear double is it like a tight doubling or is it a really spaced out terrible doubling anybody anybody check tell us people so so weird a little bit it's only it's only you that's that's happening to it's not me I mean, it's I not, mean, it's not you with you. It's me. Space, <laughs> that's what, that's what she out, said. Spaced out. Yeah. Spaced out doubling. Okay. Well, what could be the, the root cause of this? How can we fix that? He has an echo. I hear a slide echo, but nothing crazy. Sounds like echo cancellation. Trying to catch up. I wouldn't think it would be. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have anything, have anything plugged into the phone, phone right, right now. Like everything, everything is. is um, um, no. You know what? Awesome. Let's try this. Now I don't Each hear other. you. Not at all. Oh, there you go. Okay. Is, is the uh, okay? I, I'm just going to go micless because we don't have to. We just screw it. Okay. Turn off your phone speaker. H- how is it now? I don't hear an echo on Anybody my end anymore, it? and you're. I can hear you fine. Okay. Da, 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 da. Now, see, I can't turn off my phone speaker because then I couldn't hear him. Yeah, I just, <laughs> okay, someone just said good, so we're good now? Yeah, I think we're fixed. I just got a text. Somebody said that uh, it seems fixed. Okay, good. All right, let's cool. go. I don't even remember right. where we're at, but we'll just roll with it. I don't remember where we were either. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I have the, uh, sorry, I have the, uh, the, the nine to five thing, uh, the studio thing, um, the family thing, uh, and the touring musician thing. I do a lot. <laughs> I don't sleep. <laughs> I'm one of those people it's that still. just... Still a touring uh, musician. No, I gave that up. Okay. Um, the last tour that I did was in 2011. Um, I did a month over in Europe. Uh, I got back from that, and I just like looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> um, this, this is just not something that I could sustainably do. Um, I had the option to keep it going, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do the studio. I'm going to do the 9 to 5. I'm going to settle down, have some kids, and you know, get on with life, so to speak. <laughs> so, um, and actually that's part of the reason why I 
started doing the YouTube thing was my son wanted to start a YouTube channel. And uh, I figured, all right, if he's going to do it, I'll do one too. We'll learn together. You know, it'll be like a bonding kind of thing. You know, he'll help me out. I help him out. You know, he's actually helped me out on a bunch of my videos. He'll like, you know, do the camera operation and, and set stuff up for me and break stuff down, help me out. And his channel is for, uh, he's, he's like a real big train buff. So, okay. You know, my go. oldest son was, I, I mean, I don't know how old your son is, but my oldest son, when he was a kid, which my oldest is 20. Yeah. When he was a kid, he was Thomas, the train addict. Yeah. So was mine. And now he's into like, you know, subways and, and MTA trains and, and everything else. So we spend our weekends down at the train station and he's just filming trains going by. Like he found a bunch of kids that are into the same thing. They meet up and, you know, they sit there and take videos of trains all day. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, if you think about it, like yeah. maybe not so much you since you have a broader use for audio, but I sit around and play with microphones all day. So, I mean, you know, trains, so are, I. <laughs> trains are cooler in my opinion at least to the masses i'm just glad he's got a hobby i mean so many kids today are just like all they do is sit like on their phone or you know in front of a computer and like do nothing so yeah you know as long as he's doing something somewhat constructive <laughs> yeah and and where we're from you know the era which I, I assume we're at least somewhat close in age i'll be 42 in a couple months I'll be 45 in a couple months. So Yeah, I figured we were pretty close, but I think I'll be 45. I don't yeah. feel like the old guy, but we, you know, we didn't do what they do today. We didn't have it. I mean, internet didn't come out till I was like in high school, so yeah. you know. It was uh it was a different time, I mean. When I got that first Packard Bell though, I fired it up and ICQ'd my day away sometimes. So. <laughs> AOL. <laughs> I did not use AOL ever. Never had really? it. No, no, we had some kind of local services and whatnot, but mm. yeah, no, no AOL for me. I still know the sounds and such, but I always think of like ICQ and uh, IRC, which is like internet relay chat. I think these mm -hmm. chat rooms you go into. I remember. And, that. Uh, what was there? Some kind of uh, there was some kind of website host that was fire. Something just go visit web pages and stuff. I know but, what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, it was like uh, GeoCities and like a whole bunch of those yeah, other things. Yeah, God, we sound old. We should probably get off that. Track, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I, I got to say, okay, so the coolest thing about the YouTube thing to me, other than, you know, the fact that I get a free mic now and again, is just uh, is, is meeting people that are into the same stuff, but then also finding... Uh, I, I kind of liken it to like HGTV. Like my wife watches all these home builder shows, home buying shows, home, 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 repair, repair, repair. And like, I see that and I see like all these different shows and now have just this slightly different twist or a, a bigger twist. But like what I get into with your channel is I get educated almost every video, <laughs> like wh whether it's finding out that CAD started this or this mic was historically popular for this. Like, there's some really good educational content. And as much time as I've spent scouring the web for microphones and like trying to figure out, you know, 
about some of these microphones and and why people use them. Like, why do people love a fifty seven? You know, like just trying to backtrack and research and mm-hmm. and it's it's just cool to be able to just log on. Not that I ever log out, but jump on <laughs> someone's channel and just see and hear a different perspective about it. Because me, it's like I just lazy it up, man. I just throw a microphone in my face, like, hey, this is what this sounds like, and uh, I don't do. A whole lot of historical stuff but you you kind of bring the the history with it yeah i mean that that's i wish i could do what you do like i i could not get up like there like to me it seems like you get up there and you're like completely off the cuff like you know what is here's the mic this is it you know this is what's yep. going on and you just like yeah. you let it roll man <laughs> I, 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 can't I don't do have that. time for anything else like when i started this it literally was because I couldn't find information on a used mic when I first started. I was like, well, I don't know anything about this. Is it a piece of, is it shit? Is it not shit? What is it? And right. Since I couldn't find any info besides what Bandrew was doing, which he got me started just like a whole bunch of other people. Kudos right. to him because you know, he's one of the OGs as the kids call it. <laughs> but I, I just want to know about these things. So whenever I have a problem finding information or finding a format of some demo or something, I'm like, I'll do it. Just just because, you know, fantasy football, no Dynasty League podcast back in the day. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll just do it. And then Mike's, I'll just do it. So considering I just throw myself into stuff, I literally don't have time to research anything. I don't know how many kids you have. I have three, and I've got a full-time job in banking and you know, it's just there's not much time. So all I can do if I want to you know, fix someone's need to hear a mic that they stumbled upon on eBay. I right. guess that's me. I guess I'm that guy. I've been called the Behringer podcastage by a few people. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because that's actually how I found your channel. Um, I had come across a couple of like really oddball things. You were the only channel that had ever like covered that mic. It was some weird like Radio Shack mic from like the 70s or something. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you know, I saw it and I was like, all right, you know, I'm pick it up, whatever. And like, I didn't know it from anything. It was just like, you know, what is this thing? You're the first I, thing that came up. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. So and then I think I binge watched your channel for about two days straight. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right. Yeah, this is, you know, that's what I do when I find somebody. I binge watch the crap out of them. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's to the point. I didn't know anything about that mic either until I hit record because <laughs> half the time I don't even bother testing them. I'm like, you know what? I just want this to be as raw as it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. It's just fun. But yeah. what's up Liberty dude. What's up outlaw night shift. My Appalachian brother. He just saw, he just found out I'm in banking. He won't be my friend anymore, but <laughs> it's, it's, uh, t- tell me about your studio because obviously you've got, from what I can see, you've got some high end gear behind you like what what size is the studio i know it's located in new york right yeah so it's um it's in my house um i I, when i was house hunting with the wife i was like all right i don't want to have to pay rent for the studio anymore i'm gonna convert half of this house to you know where i can work and i don't have to pay you know somebody some ridiculous amount of new york rent for uh you know for a commercial space i did that for a while I, i had a commercial spot and, um, paying two overheads is not fun. No. Um, you know, 
So I basically gutted the entire lower level of the house in the basement and, you know, parts of other areas <laughs> and, uh, went to town, did some construction. Um, I finished it, uh, during lockdown during COVID. Um, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to finish this place up. And, you know, I got, uh, you know, got everything set up and everything. So it's, um, the live room is about, I want to say like, maybe like 40 by 20, 40 by 17, something like that. Um, I'm in the control room right now. The control room is about half that. Um, as far as the gear goes, that has been my, that's my hobby. Um, I love to just build and tinker with things and, and, you know, make things. So like, you know, most of the gear that's like behind me, like the compressors and everything, like I built all of this stuff. Um, so either it's something that I found that was broken and fixed it. So I didn't wind up paying, you know, a thousand dollars for it or whatever. I wound up paying a hundred bucks for it. Cause the thing like had rust and, you know, ants crawling out of it. Um, and just, you know, found a way to, you know, get everything up and running and working and, you know, did that. Um, plus I'm cheap sometimes. <laughs> so like, why, you know, yeah. I, I can't, if I can That's build it myself, I like can't this. just, that's hey, why there's man. stuff like this on my channel because I don't want to spend very much money. Yeah, you recognize this? Yeah, has it got the cool Vox cap in it? Yes, it does. Yeah, good deal. And, that didn't uh, turn out all that great, but it's still fun. I uh, and I came up with this. Uh, all right, so basically, you have what, what you did with the cool Vox capsule. I don't know if you remember the cool Vox capsule had the little rubber band things around the side. Yep. So that'll hook into these little T pieces there. And this snaps right into the, Oh, that's this. great. That's and great. You, you just pop in the, uh, the cool Vox capsule and you wind up with, you know, the final product <laughs> and that it doesn't awesome. move around. Yeah. yeah. So that's like the 3d printed. Yep. Yep. Of course. That's, uh, you're, you're fixing shit with ants crawling out of it. So of course you got a 3d printer, right? <laughs> Man, I, that thing has saved my ass. I can't even count how many times like, uh, during lockdown, the fan assembly on my refrigerator broke. There was no place I was getting a replacement fan on my refrigerator. Yeah. I 3d printed one. <laughs> it's still in the refrigerator to this day. <laughs> Um, and awesome. I completely over-engineered it too. I made it like a turbine fan where it would yeah. like, it was moving like four times the amount of air that the original one was. So, but and, and if you, if you need to like play a video game or something, it's, it's an, it's the fans are made up of like NVIDIA graphics cards and you can just plug into your <laughs> pretty <laughs> much something like that. But now I, I just printed the whole, like, you know, the whole blade assembly and used the existing motor that was there. But it's like stuff like that. Like the 3d printer comes in handy and, you know, you did you t tell me you tell me you at least recorded something to do with that and you plan on releasing that build later on. Oh come on. I mean, this is before I even thought about doing anything in YouTube. I, I was just I, I was just making sure my food didn't go bad. But but yeah, so I mean this the studio we do um I only deal with management companies, labels, and um manufacturers. So I've done stuff for sample companies. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what companies, cause I do have to sign NDAs and everything, but, um, there's a big sample company out there. We wound up doing a uh, part of a library here. Um, I dealt with a couple of record labels that I, they bring their people in here 
it's nice and quiet. You don't have to worry about like, you know, other people coming in and out and everything. So they love it. Um, and then management companies that are, you know, shopping talent, they come in to do like demo stuff. And, and, um, I've been doing a lot of video. Um, one of the interns that I had in here suckered me into getting video cameras and, and I, I hate video. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, yeah, I've heard you like say it a bunch. And uh, I, I can't stand it. I know how to do it. I just don't like doing it. It's not yeah. fun for yeah. me. It's not something that I, I like to do. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it did help grow the business uh, in that, you know, when somebody comes in, if they need a video of them either in the studio or live, I mean, the, the live room that I have right now, I can put a whole band in there and, you know, get everybody situated and cameras on everybody and lights and everything. So um, it's, it's definitely been something that has helped the business out. But um, my main thing is, is audio, uh, which is why, you know, all the mics that I have in, you know, in my mic locker right now, I mean, uh, I'll flip the uh, camera many, in a minute. How many, how many do you have? Is it, is it something you can, you know, or can just take a stab at? Hold on a second. There we go. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Oh yeah. My place is a mess. I wish I was that organized. This is why you have a studio and I have a uh, Amish building converted into a studio. <laughs> An Amish building. No, no, yeah, complete truth. It is literally a uh, like an outbuilding built by the Amish because there's Amish in my area, so they've got this little setup where they sell their pre-made, well, their buildings that they made. And I, I, uh, yeah, they're like, like they're like sh like pre-made shed kind of things, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like metal roof outside, you know, just wood, rustic looking, uh, double doors on one side, single door on the other. Nice. Um, but, but like you, you know, I, uh, like you had to build the studio downstairs cause that's part of who you are. After I figured out, you know, that this is part of who I am, uh, when me and my wife bought our first house, which I was a late bloomer as far as buying a house goes, it had to have a space for me to do the podcast I started doing. Cause it was me and two friends of mine and we started out doing it in my buddy's basement and, uh, it kind of caught fire and it did really well but I ended up buying a house that had a guest house and that got converted into the studio. Uh, that's, and, uh, I, I almost did that. The, one of the houses that we were looking at had like a little cottage on the property also. And in New York, yeah. I mean, that's unheard of. Um, it looked like it was like a, almost like a three story garage that somebody had converted into like another like little house. And uh, we got outbid on it. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was ready to rock with that. I was like, this is it. Yeah, wah, wah. luckily I live in a place where there's not much outbidding, so we were able to get what I got. But it was a terrible. It was a good decision because it really, it really pushed forward the idea that I needed my own space for this. Mm -hmm. But it was a terrible idea because it was, it was a little out of my price range. So it ended up getting tough when I decided to switch jobs to be happier rather than wealthier. Right, and uh, that led to us moving to a smaller, cheaper place when I made a job transition. And I was like, I've still got to have a dedicated space. So what do I do? So I go start browsing for buildings and <laughs> find this one that was, it was used even, but it already had electric wired and you know, all there this stuff. Go. It had a laminate floor. I was like, that's it right there. Like it's, yep. it's about a third of the size as the guest house that I had, but I'll make it work. 
And it, you know, it works good enough for the videos. I dare not turn my camera around. <laughs> I remember it. seeing your, uh, I remember seeing oh, the man. video that you had of the, the tour of it. Yeah. I dig it, man. Like that, that's like, that's cozy for what you're doing. It's perfect. Yeah, it, yeah it, it works. And you know, and, and with kids and a wife and the nine to five and, and my wife has a baking business and we're just busy all the time. It's like, everything's just lived in, you know, like including my studio, it's, it's just kind of lived in. So it is what it is, but I've got, I do have two questions. I did have three. I forgot one of them. All right. One, uh, since we both hate video and I will clarify, like, I don't hate it, hate it. Like if I can do it simply, like most of my videos that are in this area are shot with a Samsung S 20 phone. And I'm happy with the results. Like I have no problem with it, but being able to run an interface directly into it, not have to clap sync audio, which is easy and fine, but I like to cut every step out if I can, you know, that's, I just like to keep it simple. I still want it to look okay, but simple. That being said, your videos look perfectly solid. So what are you using video wise? I think so, video, by the way, except for like the Tom Bucks and, and uh, Bronson at Audio Hotlines of the World, that shit looks gorgeous to me, and I am envious. Yeah. I just don't have the patience, but but what are you what are you using video wise? So I I picked up um, one of the Black Magic cameras. Ooh, the nice. Pocket Cinema. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a six K camera, which is freaking ridiculous. But there's a good reason for it. Um, and I wound up picking up uh, a couple of. Uh, cinema lenses that weren't too expensive and it's pretty much it i, I kind of set it up in a corner of the uh the control room um i have a uh, a really i think i paid you could pay 40 dollars for this tablet <laughs> and yeah. uh it kind of sits underneath the camera and that's my teleprompter because as i said i can't i can't just off the cuff like you know talk about so i wish i could do that man that is a that is a skill i do not have <laughs> some people have accused me of liking just liking uh hearing myself talk and i won't <laughs> deny it. i won't deny it i mean i like good I, I just like conversation and if sometimes it's with myself then so so be it you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i i i I wish I could do it, man. I really, I really do. Um, you know, if I'm having a conversation with somebody like right now, I'm fine doing that. I'm cool with that. But like, if I'm trying to remember, like, you know, the last video I did was the history of, uh, Electra voice, man, I had to do that video five times. Something kept going the wrong before the 664. Yeah. That man, you could kill somebody with that mic. Um, <laughs> that mic weighs like two and a half pounds or something. And it's just solid metal ridiculous but yeah I, I tried recording that video five times i think it was it was just absolutely insane something kept going wrong but it's been an evolution for me because the first two videos i did i didn't want to have like a mic in front of me um it, just a personal you know reason i, I just didn't want to do that uh, I did, I think, in one of my videos but like i think my first two videos i wound up adring the entire video so I like recorded it with the sound on the camera and then I went back and close mic'd myself and replaced every word of dialogue <laughs> that was on that video. So, so you, you wrote your own voice script and then dubbed over it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I was just like, all right, I can't do this anymore because this is not yeah. going to happen on a weekly basis. Um, so then I started using a lav mic and I had uh, the Saramonic actually that, that you um, you had done a review not too long ago on, I think it like the 300, is it? Um, it's, the Blink 300? Yeah, the Blink 300. So I was using that with the um, with the uh, lapel mics that, uh, that came with it for a bunch of the videos. Um, I did the video on the shotgun mics and I was really surprised at how well the shotgun mic sounded. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try this out. So the next video I did, I did with, um, the nice thing about the, um, black magic camera, it's got, it's got an XLR on it with phantom power and it has a eighth inch in. So you can plug two different devices in. So I had the ceremonic plugged into the eighth inch and then I had the, um, the Sennheiser shotgun mic plugged into the XLR and this, I think the ceremonic was going to the left, the, you know, Sennheiser was going to the right. And I was able to pick like, you know, which audio was better. And I said, all right, I'm just going to take the right channel, the left channel, whatever it is. But I did like the sound of the shotgun mic better. So that's what I've been going with for the last few videos. And it's just an XLR directly into the camera and just like you said, you know, having a separate recorder and trying to sync the stuff later. No, screw that. Ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> I did it for a long time. It's just like, it's tedious. I don't know, man. It, it's like when you go to edit a video and sometimes I'll, I'll split a clip and, and if I've just mastered it, it just splits the audio or just the video and then I have to second click. Just right. little things like that just irritates the shit out of me. Oh, so, same here. Same here. And, you know, I... I used to use a software called Vegas. Uh, Sony made it like a long time ago um, yeah. when I was doing stuff on PC. Uh, when I got the Black Magic camera, they have their own software, DaVinci. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, that's what I'm using to to do videos now on a, on an iPad Pro. Actually, I don't even use a computer anymore. Okay, nice. But yeah, so I started learning that, and you know that learning curve was kind of ridiculous, but. Uh, I've gotten into the flow now where I can get a video edited in, you know, a couple hours, like that, you know, shouldn't really take me that long, but exactly what you're talking about, like dealing with like having, you know, stuff slide out of sync and, and trying to make sure that everything is together and not, it's like, all right, yeah, not, not yeah. dealing with it. <laughs> and there's so many times like that I have had just slightly out of sync audio. And when I watch it back, I'm like, God, I just spent all this time, yeah. And I've uploaded this and I've titled it and I've made a thumbnail and then I go watch it and it looks like I'm in a Bruce Lee movie. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's nice. Sucks. Yeah. Just sucks. But, uh, my second question, uh, if you, if you could have anyone record in MEI studios, who would it be? That's a hard one, man. I, um, I think it might be. I would not blink an eye to have the Foo Fighters come in. Uh, of course. Um, Did you say that knowing I'm a ma massive fan or no? I, no, I just, like, I watched the whole Sound City thing. And oh, God, that's so good. Yeah, I, I just, I was like, because I, I was never a Nirvana fan. I was a metal guy. Like, I grew yep. up metalhead, you know. To me, Nirvana was like, you know, yeah get me out of here kind of thing and i was never a fan of like cobain like his vocals and stuff i've grown to accept it and and learn to you know be able to listen to it i'm still not a big fan of it um roll stuff though i i think is way better 
Um, it, it's, it's more traditional. Like it, if I had to say, I, I mean, this, this is a stretch and people just disagree with me constantly. But when you think about the best rock bands, period, and, and then you split that into the best American rock band, the conversation gets so diluted because all the best rock bands are not American. So, when, I mean, in my opinion, okay. you know, Led Zeppelin, Queen, you know, just The Who, The Stones, The Beatles. Yeah. You just, you, yeah. It's hard to find an American one. When you start talking American, you get to Credence, Aerosmith. You know, the name, the drop-off is really far, in my opinion. Right. So, to me... Until you get into, like, metal, and then it's a different story, but, you know... Story, yeah, yeah, American metal, definitely a whole different story. But just like, you know, pure rock and roll. Right. To me, the Foo Fighters are the best American rock band that ever lived. That's just my opinion, and, and I hate to go on a tangent, but I, I feel like most of the people who don't give them much credit is just solely based off the singles. Like if, if I, the singles are good, but uh, so many of them are so overplayed, like yeah. ever long, everybody's heard it a million times, but some of those albums like wasting light that was recorded in Dave's home studio on tape in the two thousands, you know, late two thousands, post 2010, like that shit is so, it's just such pure rock and roll to me. Like mm -hmm. the purest we've had in a long time. Just my opinion, but but yeah, I'm I'm such a massive fan, and that whole Sound City soundtrack is just like top notch, right. and no one um, knows that. Uh, that that whole thing, like with the console and him, you know, trying to get a hold of that thing, like that. To me, that would have been something that I would have done. Like if I had the means, like that, I would totally like go and try to like rescue a, a piece of history like that. You know, absolutely. Because that is, I mean, just watching that documentary, just seeing all the different things that were recorded there between Fleetwood oh, Mac and Springfield and just the, so insane. much good shit. Yeah, and then, and then he has like, Paul McCartney coming at the end, like, what? <laughs> like, holy crap, man. Like, really? Yeah. My wife cried. My wife cried at that moment on that documentary because she's such, she is such a Beatles fan. She's such a, you know, her dad is the epitome of like 60s rock and she's just so rooted in it. I didn't even like the Beatles until like the past three or four years. Same like, here. Same here. I, just I didn't like want to hold your hand stuff. And I was like, I don't care about that. I was into the whole recording of the Beatles, not the music of the Beatles. So like, I was interested, interested in like, you know, how they wound up getting the sounds that they got out of the limited stuff that they had. I mean, they were recording on four track for, you know, a lot of the stuff. And meanwhile, you have like the orchestration and, and the, the, you know, everything about it, like, there's just so much going on. It's like, how the hell did you do that with four tracks? Like, you know, people are complaining now, like, oh, uh, you know, I got 128 tracks in a mix. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> you, you need that? Yeah. You know, well, Pepper, you got four tracks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so, crazy. I, I like, what once did, did you ever, did you catch on though? To, like, did you catch the fever of the Beatles at any time or no? No, I mean, I enjoy the music now a lot more. Like, I've definitely, you know, aged well as far as my music tolerance goes. Um, you know, it, it and actually working with different types of, you know, genres and stuff besides like metal and rock and stuff uh, in the studio has definitely broadened my horizons as far as like what I listen to and who I listen, you know, you know, all of that kind of stuff. 
but uh yeah it was never something that i i, I i'm still not I, I don't think i would ever go and, and pop a beatles album on and listen to it you know i i watched yeah. the whole the the documentary that they had on uh, i think it was hbo or something like that yeah totally into it but you know I was into it more for like, Hey, check out the studio. Look how they're recording. Oh my God. They went into an airplane hangar. They're recording in that. Like that to me, that was more of that. And you know, the whole time I'm just sitting there like, Oh, that's that mic. Oh, that's that preamp. Oh, that's that compressor. That's like, I'm just picking out gear. (laughs) My wife absolutely hates me for that. Yeah. (laughs) And I I can't help say it. Like we'll be watching a movie and I'll be like, sorry, 20. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, you know, that, that's more of where my mental place was with, with the Beatle kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I love them. I, I did not think, I did not think that I would, or that I, I, I started doing this podcast called stuck of my generation where I was just, I was so burnt out on all of my music. Like, cause I grew up on a lot of punk, love punk, love dead Kennedys, love, okay. you know, no effects, Pennywise, all this just 90s punk and then 80s, 70s punk. Played with Pennywise. Huh? Played with Pennywise. What? I played with Pennywise. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate your guts. No, we were. Uh, that band so much. That was what got me into punk. And yeah, and, we were. Uh, we did a festival together in Spain, I think. Wow. Okay. So when you played with them, did you play as a touring musician for them or with another band? No, I was with another band, but we were in the same festival, like the festival that was like a three day thing. And Pennywise was one of the, I think they were one of the headliners that year. And we were on like one or two bands before them. So like we were all hanging out, you know, behind the monster stage and everything. I mean, that's awesome. What band were you playing with when that happened? That tour, I was playing with uh, Sworn Enemy. It's a hardcore band. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we we were on tour with Sepultura for a couple weeks on that tour. Um, we got to play with Meshuga. We got to play, dude. I got to be on the same stage with Lemmy, man. <laughs> dude, I'm that not a was... big Motorhead fan, but I but I envy the hell out of that because I am a big Lemmy fan. Yeah, and neither am I. Like I, I'm, like I I had a neighbor that was just all about Motorhead. Like they were just like that, you know, be all end all of 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 rock was was lemmy and uh i came back and i showed him a video on my phone because i'm like standing like on the side of the stage when lemmy walks up and like you know he's strapping on his bass and he's you know getting out on stage and i just have this video of him walking out on stage and the crowd's going wild and everything he just looks at me and he goes i hate you Someone on here, what's Quantum? Uh, he, he asked what your favorite guitar is. Uh, I'm a bass player, so I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, favorite bass? Yeah, I mean, in the studio, we have pretty much one of everything in here. Um, I know we got a Les Paul, Strat, Tele. I got a bunch of Ibanez, some seven strings, and like all that kind of crazy stuff in here. But I, I suck at guitar. I'm not a uh, I'm not a guitar player at all. <laughs> I uh, it doesn't oh make sense to me. It, it makes sense to me. I just like, and I, I come from, you know, a family of musicians. My dad was a, you know, he was in a, what the hell were they called? Country Sunshine Band or something. They had a hit on the Billboard 200 at one time. And my brother 
Joey is like a multi multi instrument guru and they're, they're just my dad, you know, is he's good, man. Like he's good. My brother's really good. I can play, but I'm not good. Like I, the interest isn't there enough for me to be good. I've got a bass sitting around. I can play that too. Not good. You know, it's like adequate. Like mm-hmm. if I, if I needed, like I've got some tracks that I'm working on, which I've been working on for years and they'll never come to fruition because I just, the interest isn't quite there. Like I love listening more than I love playing. Um, Fair vocalist, maybe I'd enjoy being a vocalist, but I ever, I never put myself out there and who the fuck knows if I can even sing or not, but <laughs> you know, it's yeah. I just, I didn't, I, I guess I, I got that musical gene from them, but it just translated into, liking the gear and, and liking the the vocal aspects of it rather than guitar because god i suck i've been playing since i was 16 and i'm just i'm awful <laughs> awful ah uh, you're probably not giving yourself enough credit oh no 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 i'm awful like i can like i always i grew up with guys that learned other people's songs and i couldn't stand doing that so I've always made up my own stuff, but it always sounded like tool. So, so I just, you know, I, I just gave up, you know, I was like, I can't really, uh, someone said you're pretty damn good, buddy. I'm not good. Not on guitar. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the, the interest to like learn the chords and learn the progressions and learn how to solo. is just never there. So I'm basically the shittiest rhythm player that ever lived. Yeah. I, I, I can kind of get by on it, like if I need to, and you know, I, I know that dude that was saying you're pretty damn good, but uh, I, I talking to I you because I don't think he was talking to me. I've only played I, guitar on my channel like three times total, I think, and and none of it was impressive. So yeah, I I I, I hate my guitar playing abilities, like self-deprecation to the max when it comes to that yeah. kind of stuff. So I can do a hell of a hair metal vocal, but I can't play guitar. Mm, okay. I did, uh, when I was doing the fantasy football gig, I did a lot of like sounders as they called it, which was like mm. little intros to segments. Like had this guy named Renshaw that was on a, a football podcast and he wanted to do a segment called Renshaw's Renegades. And he got with me. He's like, Hey, he's like, can you make me a, you know, a sounder? to introduce introduction to my Renshaw's Renegades segment where I talk about my players that are going to go off this weekend or something. Found a hair metal vocal or a hair metal sample. <laughs> and I just did it myself on like a caddy 300. I was like, nice. You know, just fucking went crazy with it. And I sent it to him. He's like, this is amazing. And I was like, that's <laughs> just be glad I didn't play guitar, buddy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's good times. By the way, just in case, because I don't like anyone to to ever feel like they're stuck or anything like that. When you got to go, you just let me know. I'm a man. When when we run out of things to talk about, I'm good. I I have. um, I had a uh, I had a hard disk fail in the studio uh, two days ago, and I'm still trying to do the recovery on it. So I I got nothing to do right now. Are you just sitting and waiting for that to? Yeah, this thing, it's yeah. it's funny. It popped up before and it said about a day left, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's nice." No problem. <laughs> I'll just hang out down here for a day. What about uh, just all right? Do you think? Is there any gear, certain gear or certain mics? I know where you're working in a studio. It's probably way harder to answer than you know if you just had a couple mics laying around or, or this and that. But is there a piece, one piece of gear, and maybe like one mic 
that if you, let, let's just say the, the basement was flooding, your level down there was flooding. You can save one. What are you saving? Oh, shit, man. That's really hard. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, if I like my desert island for like vocals, for instance, like if, if I had to pick one that was like, all right, this is like the vocal combination of like everything that I have. Cause a lot of the mics that I have are really like instrument mics and, and yeah. stuff that I would never want to put a singer on. Like I, I would never want to have anybody put, you know, vocals onto it. Um, I have a Peluso um, 2247, which is a uh, U47 clone, and my uh, UA610. I have a, a LA610 preamp, and like that to me is like the golden vocal channel for you know most singers. I, I have yet to hear anybody sound bad on that. Um, so yeah, that that would have to be my like if I have to pick out two things to run out with like that would be all right i i could get a lot done with those two things yeah i like that because I, I i know nothing of palooza is, is it was it a is it like a i assume maybe just a small kind of like the dude doesn't do it anymore kind of situation no he's there it's a company still around um they're still putting stuff out uh it is a boutique company um I don't have 10 grand to go and buy a U47 or 30 grand. If you want to buy a vintage one, that's, you know, got a tube in it that you can never replace. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, I wound up, uh, hooking up with a guy that was like best buddies with the owner of the company. And, um, he was selling like one of the first pairs that came off the line. Like this guy had two of these mics and, um, one of the engineers that I work with, he's got a studio up in Connecticut and um, I called him up. I was like, yo, this guy's selling these mics. Like he wants, I think he wanted two grand for the pair, which is a thousand dollars a mic. That's a lot of money. I mean, that is crazy, but not compared to, you know, the old yeah, I'm not, you know, 10 grand is, a, but these mics I think sell for about 2,500 a piece. So, I called him up. I was like, yo, can you spot me? <laughs> like, you know, can we do this? Can we make this happen? And he's like, yeah, just tell the guy, send it. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, we got the funding together and, and we picked that up. And like, that has been my go-to uh, for, geez, it's got to be almost 10 years now. I think I've had that mic. Um, and recently the, the Townsend has, uh, has been, a real like eye opener as far as, you know, studios kind of stuff goes. Um, it, that, that thing is insane. I don't know if you've ever gotten to check that mic out, but it, I have not. And and that's the bad part about being the obscure mics guy. Like it, it's always uh, no disrespect whatsoever, but it's always five finer Mayono. You know, that's you know reaching what, out like, Hey shit channel. You want to check out our mic? Like, yeah, I do. No, but like that, like that's Fire, where most you. people are going. I mean, like if you think about it, anybody that's doing podcasting or something, nobody's going out and blowing, you know, two grand, five grand on a mic. Like, it, you know, know, the podcastage guy, I think has like a, a U67 or something like that, that he, that he bought for like six grand. And like, I'm thinking to myself, all right, like, I think he does recording and stuff also, but oh yeah, like, 
he's he's a much better musician than I am. I know that. So, <laughs> but like you know, who the hell is gonna do? Like, there's no point for that. But uh, like, I'm always on the lookout for something that is doesn't have to be cheap. But if something sounds good, like I'm down, man. Like I, I uh, I do a lot of stuff on forums, and uh, Mono com- contacted me about doing reviews some of their stuff. And I was like, all right, sure. So they started sending me mics and I was like, all right, cool. And one of the, the first like review reviews that I did was on their, um, it's a dynamic mic that had USB and XLR. In yeah. it. Yep. That's one of the best dynamic mics I've ever heard. It's pretty good. It's no joke. Good. Like I, yeah. I was floored with it. I was like, holy crap. Like really this thing is $60 or 50 bucks or whatever it was. I think it went on sale for like 40 something at one point. But like, to me, like that's something that has way more value than like, you know, getting like five, six, $700 mic. Like, you know, it just makes more sense, especially yeah. like if I need to, like, if I have to make a recommendation to a client that needs to do remote stuff, cause that, that became big during lockdown too. And I can just go and say, Hey, look, you know, spend 50 bucks, go get this mic. And I know I'm going to get something back that I can work with. Like if yeah. I send out, you know, if they go out and they buy like some, you know, $10 Neewer mic that, you know, it's just going to be like glass in my ear. You know, th- those mics tend to be really bright and, you know, you can get them under control. Like you can do some stuff to make it work, but man, like that dynamic mic blew me away. I was just like, wow, like this, this is some good stuff here. Like just from a, yeah. from a studio point of view, absolutely all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's obviously part of my channel or whatever is I I just hate for that stuff to go overlooked, you know, like everybody, everybody just gets on that kick of like U87, SM7B, you know, and AT2020. Not sure why the hell that ever happened, but you know, (laughs) it's just, it's like the times, you know, AT2020 cheap, affordable condenser that was clear. And I get it. You know, and, and things have progressed, like the Blue Yeti was a thing, and, and it's an okay mic, but it was a thing because of the times. But now the times are, cheap stuff is pretty good now. Like, cheap stuff would have been expensive stuff in the 90s. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that right there says it all. I mean, the technology has gotten to the point where, you know, you can mass produce a condenser capsule for nothing. Like back in the day, these things had to be handmade. Like they were hand stretched and tuned. You had to pay somebody to sit there all day to make like five capsules. Now you got a machine that's cranking out like 500 a minute. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a a completely different world. A little bit of a lost art for the really, really good stuff. And, And it's starting to blur, you know, like I'll, maybe it's just where I listen to nothing but cheap stuff, but I'll hear, you know, a really nice $4,000 tube mic. And then I'll hear a really good consumer level $400 condenser. And I'm like, the difference just isn't there for me to justify any more money spent than three or 400 bucks. You're a hundred percent right. In fact, one of the videos that I have planned um, is that argument that for, for vocals, you don't need to spend a lot of money for a good vocal mic, especially because of the frequency range that 
a singer or even just a spoken word, you're in a very narrow frequency bandwidth uh, for for voice. Yeah. You're not dealing with the, you know, 20 to like 200 so much unless you have like a really deep baritone, you know, person and you the air part of it, anything above like 3, 4K is like, all right, well, your voice isn't up there. Like the air yeah. is up there and, and things are up there, but it really doesn't matter. And if you yeah. look at the That's frequency response, you know, if you look at the frequency response on all of these mics, it's just a line in the middle. Like there's not a lot of crazy bumps and stuff, unless you're looking at like an SM57, which is just a disaster when it comes to the you know frequency response. But most of these condensers, the Neewer stuff, the mono stuff, um, you know, the Audio Technica, everything is flat in the middle. So you put a vocalist on any one of those mics, you'd be hard pressed to really tell the difference. You know, when when push comes to shove, like is the difference okay? worth the four thousand dollars the even the, even the hundred dollar difference is it worth it i mean is it something that i can just take an eq and just go nah, oh we're good to go you know like does that matter yeah so for other things for like instrument mics and and that's where a lot of things like start to uh come up with the stuff that i'm doing uh videos on when i put a mic in front of a guitar cabinet like every damn mic that I've put up sounds exactly the same on a clean guitar. I'm like, what is the difference on this? When right. the distortion hits, totally different animal. Like all of a sudden, right. all these extra harmonics start coming up. And like, now you can hear the difference between, you know, an SM57 and the SM7B and, you know, some Audix mic or a, you know, 421 or something like that. Um, like all of that's that, that when you start getting into the more complex, uh, frequency kind of stuff that's when things really start to to yeah. show like their true colors when you're talking about somebody talking into a mic or somebody singing like a lot a lot is gonna work i want to read through some comments because they're good comments real quick uh liberty dude says unless one is a hobby creator gear needs to be justified by profitable return nailed the shit out of that um that that's how i feel that's why i don't think you know, hobby podcasters or hobby voice folks should mess with an SM7B because you're just, you're very unlikely to ever get your money's worth out of that. In my opinion, um, Wayne, are you screaming metal vocalist? The SM7B yeah, yeah, is yeah, where yeah. it's at. The reason why <laughs> the event sevenfold guy uses the heck out of an SM7B, but, uh, Wayne REC says expensive mics have a diminishing return, especially when your audience is listening to your YouTube videos, mobile devices nailed that. Which Absolutely. he knows because he's got a good YouTube channel. Um, nice to have good stuff, but only if you get full potential. No point in using a U87 for YouTube. Absolutely, because you've got, you know, it's going to compress and, and change your audio. What's up, Bandrew? Thank you for that. Buy yourself a nice pound of coffee. <laughs> nice. I'll, buy myself, I'll buy myself a nice pound of something, but it won't be coffee. Um <laughs> And Liberty also said some top-notch professional projects need top professional gear, but until one gets to that level, there are plenty of budget options to get you there. Absolutely. So I'm going to blow up that comment right now. Yeah, let's go. All right. So I did work for uh, Guy Red One. I don't know if you're familiar. He's Lady Gaga's producer. Okay. I've heard of, yeah. Man, how, sorry, I get on tangents. How gorgeous was Lady Gaga without makeup the other day? My God. My wife might be watching. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> oh, my. 
My wife would agree with me. We look at women together on TV. Hey, that's that's a good thing. But uh, so get this. So I was working with his European crew and we were working on a couple of projects for um, like, I don't remember if it was like a Eurovision thing, but he had these artists that they were like releasing. You know, it was very, very Lady Gaga sounding, but like, you know, artists from like Germany or, you know, uh, Austria or something like that. And I get the track sent over and, you know, this is going to be released on a major label. Like these, this is not like, you know, garage band, you know, kind of release things. I mean, they're dealing with, you know, a production company that is like world-class and I get these tracks and I'm listening to it. I'm like, what's the deal? Like, what's up with these vocals? He's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so what do you mean? Don't worry about it. Like they, they, they're rough, man. This girl's release for her album was recorded on an iPhone in their tour bus. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a different story. That's a... But this is a major release on a major album, and her vocals are recorded on an iPhone, and and it's sold. Like, like that... (laughs) You know, so when you think about, like, you know, people needing like really expensive gear to get to a certain level. It depends on what quality of, you know, product that you're looking to put out. I mean, if you're going to wind up sounding like a robot anyway, anything will do. You know, if, if you're putting, true. you know, you're putting a jazz album out, I'm not using an iPhone on your vocals. You know, I'm going right. to get something that. Right. That, but, but if you're going to make like, you know, some, uh, some kind of uh modern day, oh, let's just call it like, you know, Lil Xan or I don't know, even Billie Eilish. Cause I know they didn't, but I mean, if you're going to use an app on your phone that will process the audio, give it a bunch of reverb and a, yeah, you can use whatever. Like I heard a dude that I sold a mic to, uh, he, he played a couple of his tracks for me. He's a rapper. And I was just like, dude, this is good. Like, this is really good. Like, you know, you're buying this. It was like an art ART, uh, applied research technology, I think it was uh, yep. USB microphone, and it was it was okay. It was a large diaphragm, it's pretty decent. And I was like, "You're buying this from me?" I was like, "But that rap song you just played me sounded pretty good. What did you use for that?" And he's like, "Oh, the inline mic and my Samsung earbuds." I was like, "What? <laughs> like seriously?" And he just you know he processed the shit out of it, probably with an app or probably with some inbuilt stuff in a Dolby app or an iRig recorder app with, cause there's all kinds of tools in those things. And it's like, you know, you, if you, people don't care. I mean, they really don't. It's not just podcasting. Like people are not, if you, if you make it echoey and make it modern and real weird sounding, like they're not going to have a clue that you did that with a little tiny. And even if you don't, I mean, so much of the stuff now has a fidelity that, you know, people 50 years ago only dreamed about. I mean, <laughs> what we're doing right now, I mean, the, the quality of the audio is so much Probably better not. than, you yeah. know, anything people had at home, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I mean, it's it's just insane how much better things have gotten. Exactly what you were saying before. I mean, even though it's cheap, it still sounds damn good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and a good way to, to kind of put that to truth is grab that Mayuno dynamic usb xlr mic you talked about that sounds really good and then go find yourself a really vintage you know 
old school, maybe not a large diaphragm condenser, but just about anything else from 60 years ago, it doesn't, they, they didn't sound very good. Some of the mics the Beatles used did not sound very good. They did it, you know, they fixed it. Mm -hmm. It's not like they had a lot of weight to them in the sound department on some of those mics back in the day. Most of them were thin, you know, yeah. and you just, you work with it. And that, yeah, and it's, uh, there's a lot, you know, on the back end, it, mic placement is everything. I mean, I, that, I can't stress that enough for people that are either trying to record or even do vocals and stuff. I mean, there's an art to knowing how to use the microphone and where to place it. And if you're singing or speaking into it, there's a hundred different things that you can do to make that mic sound different or, you know, fix any issues that, you know, might be. If you're, you're really boomy or, or sibilant, back off the mic a little bit. You know, if you're getting a lot of pops, okay, go 45 degrees off on one side or the other. You don't have to go directly into the mic, you know. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff where, you know, people start to get like, oh, that microphone sucks or that thing doesn't sound good. Well, how are you using it? Like, you know, are you are you working the mic or are you just popping it in front of you and, and going to town on it and, you know, not respecting what's going on with the microphone? So, and actually, that's one thing I was going to ask. Like, you do a plosive test on all the mics that you do, but you never do a siblings test. No, I don't. And I, and I feel kind of goofy for doing a plosives test because like you said, like any mic with plosive issues. Turn it. <laughs> yeah. Get it out of yeah. there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of the same with sibilance, I guess. I don't know. And that's more laziness than it is anything else. Like, and the fact that I don't do the teleprompter or script, it's all off the cuff. I never remember sibilance. <laughs> Not mention, like, Somebody will point me out and be like, you know, bullshit. But I just don't find my my voice sibilant on a lot of mics, so I don't, I don't really mess with it. I mean, you have a kind of a deep voice, um, and you don't yeah. tend to speak with a lot of s's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. Implosive tests are I don't know why I do them. I think it's just ingrained in me by now, but. I think it's legitimate. I mean, like knowing that the mic is going to be able to handle, like if you're, if, if you're using the mic for a live performance, you might want to know how that mic's going to handle when some idiot gets on stage and, you know, starts Peter Pipering into the mic, you know? So yeah. it's, it's useful information to have. And uh, the sibling's test actually tells you more about what's going on on top end. So. Right. And, and yes. And sometimes you, you will find the, you know, those mics that virtually have none, like the SM7B, of course, comes to mind, but the SE, DCM3, and DCM6, like, man, I, that's when you do find it, it's impressive. Even though right. you can easily fix it, it's still, it's still something people should know about. So, mm, definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting there. But the, what, what do you have in the future? Like, is your channel. Is it what it is going to be like now? Or I don't know. Do I'm going to run out of mics eventually. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah. But you could get you, you could talk about some of your gear you've restored. You know, you could. And if you run out of mics, just hit me up. I'll send you. <laughs> I'll send you some <laughs> weird shit. There's a lot of weird stuff sitting over there. Stuff that I've had for years and haven't got to yet. Like I've just got this big table. Covered. Yeah, but I actually wanted to send you a couple of things because, like, I'm never going to wind up doing a – like, I think I told you about the uh, – I have, like, a Shure 16A. Oh, yeah. 
Yep. Which is one of the worst sounding mics I think I've ever heard. Um, it, it's, it's up there with a green bullet, man. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, that that's actually one of the mics I wanted to do, uh, the green bullet because of how bad it is. There's a whole bunch of really fun things that you can do with it to, uh, you know, use it in a, in a mix or besides harmonica. So, yep. I got something. I can't quite remember what this was called, but I, uh, I was shopping on Etsy one day, which I never do. <laughs> I, I hate Etsy. The shipping time is ridiculous, uh, but there's some good stuff on there sometimes. And when I, when I'm thinking of like, well, when I, not many people have seen this video, but I made an SM7B canister. Uh, it's got like a wooden body and it's made from a, a Japanese wooden cylindrical thing. I'll grab it to fucking. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, so I looked on Etsy and I wanted to build this SM7B canister, which has a magnetic, you know, releasing SM7B grill and, and windscreen. Oh, I got a mic in there. I didn't even know that. Um, to put like SDCs in. And handhelds. That and is then, cool as shit, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so I bought this off Etsy, and I fashioned, you know, an XLR in it, and you know, just basically, you just slide the mic on and off of the pins. That's amazing. It was just an idea I had, and it worked out really well uh, for plosives, especially. Right. Everything just snaps on, good to go. It's a little funky looking, but I got that off Etsy. Um. That led me to looking for other stuff, and you said terrible sounding mic, and I have got the terrible sounding mic for you. This is a uh, a garble bog, gar gravel bog. I don't even remember. This dude makes these weird mics. Says they sound like shit. Like, don't expect anything crazy. It's for fun, and it's it's like a quarter inch jack. Right. Fucking thing that has light a light switch. <laughs> yeah, that turns it on and off, and it's you know just a little speaker, but. Dude, that wind sound goes in and out. This will be on the channel eventually, and we're talking like you know, uh, heat stretch rubber oh on this. Oh my god! Oh yeah, but it's cool as shit. Like That's I talked to it, and it's got it's got such a weird, like I don't know. I think Les Les Claypool of Primus would probably love this thing. But damn, it's it's really interesting. But you said terrible sounding mics. So I was like, I gotta go grab my garbage. Yeah, that, that might that might win. Uh, <laughs> that might that it, might be uh it's pretty um, bad. There's a dude making a tin can mic. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm I'm interested to see what that thing sounds like. I, I haven't uh I haven't decided to plunk down any cash on it, but I, I would love to hear what that thing sounds like. That <laughs> I would too. And and some of that stuff is fun. Like you know there's somebody out there recording right now that's looking for this sound, at least Absolutely. on a on just maybe a segment of a track, you know, like where they can just sound super strange for a minute or. Yeah. I yeah. mean like the, the telephone receivers, uh, there's a bunch of guys that modded old telephone receivers yep. to, you know, you could plug it in and you get like that old ass telephone sound. I mean, yep. there's ways to do it without having to use that, but it's more fun to like, you know, pick up a thing. Yeah, more fun to be authentic rather than processed. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that's, that's really cool. But uh, yeah, as far as what I'm going to do, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could I could go that way. Um, I think maybe uh, going into some uh, recording techniques, um, 
again, one of the guys that I work with uh, in the studio, uh, he's got a couple of Grammys under his belt. Like this guy's no joke. Uh, we were talking about setting up a video of um, doing a uh, drum set miking, like how to really professionally mic up a drum set, like what to listen for. And, you know, how do you know that when you put the mic here, is that, you know, right or wrong? I mean, there is no right and wrong with audio, but like, what are you listening for to know that, hey, I, you know, this, this isn't a good spot or this is not a good spot. And why is it good or not good? Yeah. The, the thing that bugs me about most of the stuff that's on YouTube, as far as like tutorials go, nobody ever explains why you're doing something. So somebody will be like, all right, well, you know, you put this preset on and, you know, you put the compressor to this. Well, okay, but that doesn't tell me why you're doing that. Like, why are you putting a compressor on? What are you hearing that makes you think you need to compress this? Or, you know, what are you hearing in the EQ that you're thinking that you need to boost this and cut that and whatever else? Most people don't get that. Most people think like, oh, well, you do this because you have to do it. Well, there's a reason why you have to do it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about this with Bronson from Audio Hotline the other day. Like, some people just add you know stuff in post just because they think they have to and yeah me uh again the laziness comes in sometimes i say laziness but really it's like lack of time and a little bit of laziness but i half the time i do a podcast like i listen to the to the final product before exporting or processing and i'm like ah fuck that's fine like it's fun <laughs> you know like why why would i spend extra time doing all this stuff. Like I don't hear any sibilance issues. Like, you know, there's no echo or anything. I try to pick good quiet spots to do stuff in up yeah. here or whatever. That's like, you know, it's a podcast, you know, it's just talking like who in the heck's going to listen to it and be like, that son of a bitch didn't do any compression. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd be more impressed if somebody could actually tell that you didn't put compression, you know? Right. Like, most people don't even know what they're listening for when somebody compresses like, all right, well, you know, compression could be the worst thing you could do for, for you know, a track or a vocal or, or something. Yeah. Ask Rick Rubin. Ask Black Sabbath. Yeah. Rick. The album 13 compressed oh. all shit and you can hear every different old Blackfoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, one one day I, I would love to to chat with you about some of the road stories, man, because I think you get oh, a kick out of it. Listen, man, this is uh, you know, that this will just be take one, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be live. We can we can do it. We don't have to tell everybody here. They don't. They probably don't even want to hear those road stories, right? No, <laughs> like some of them, man. I don't know. They're they're not uh, they're not G rated. <laughs> I don't care about that. But if if some of them are, you know. I intend to be private. We'll, we'll talk about them. But if you ever want to come on here and talk about them, we'll oh, do that. I, I don't have to name names. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I got some, I got some stories that are just like, whoa, really? I that definitely, happened? definitely want to hear them. Cause I am like, I, I don't know. Music is so much of my happiness. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's just the reason I work a bank job is because I have an office where I can just keep music on. Like I, nice. I, and I don't know if I could ever leave it because I just get to, I just get to jam all day long and just, and just listen to music. And it's such a huge part. Like I literally go through new releases and I just listen to all of them. Like Damn. there's gotta be something I like. There's gotta be something I like. 
And then I find all this cool shit. Let's 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 real quick talk about metal because you you know you didn't like Nirvana. I did because you know I, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I know where I was when Smells Like Teen Spirit came on. And not to mention, I was a Warrant fan before Nirvana came out. Okay. So that was pretty, pretty drastic change there. I was a young, you know. 10 year old warrant fan, you know, cherry pie with the bomb to me. <laughs> so Nirvana did make a big, a big change for me, which they're not one of my favorite bands. I mean, the, the discography is too short, The you know, you can only listen to, to two or three albums so many times before you can't right. listen to it anymore. But let, let's talk some metal. You noticed I had my, you know, rust in peace shirt the, on the other day. Metal's yes. a new thing for me too. Metal's a, uh, through that whole podcast where I try to find new music because I'm stuck in my generation, metal has been the the hot stuff the last year. It's been pretty much, I've been pretty much addicted to it. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, um, I mean, growing up, my uh, you know the, fir- the first song I learned I think on bass was uh, a Guns N' Roses tune. I don't know if you'd consider them metal or just hard rock, but. I just hate them. That's what I, <laughs> I just okay. hate. Never was a fan for some reason. I, I hate them now. Um, back then it was something new and exciting and it was like, oh, all right, this is, this is kind of cool. Um, the, the double hey, album that they put I, out. I the say, Illusion, yeah. You know, I, I, I love those. Um, but um, then I think my, my, sister's boyfriend at the time uh played rust in peace for me or or something and i was just like uh, my jaw hit the floor and i was like this is perfection like there (laughs) there nothing can beat this ever like there's just you know this album from beginning to end was just like holy crap and i think like the next day i went out and you know whatever dollars i had in my pocket I i went to God, I think it was Borders Books or something like that. We had, uh, they had a music section, and I just found like every Megadeth album I could find, and and I was like, all right, I, I can afford this one this week, and you know maybe if I mow a lawn, I'll be able to get that one next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, them, um, my bass playing, uh, without a doubt, like uh, Cliff Burton was a very big influence. Um, you know. Uh, Iron Maiden, you know, that, that was, uh, that was pretty big. A lot of the kids in my neighborhood were into Maiden a lot. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, like up until probably the late nineties, I was like really just kind of into that stuff. Metallica fell off the face of the planet. uh, Like after the black album, like I didn't even want to like go near it. Um, it just, it just lost all interest to me. Um, I was still a Megadeth fan. I, I, don't even know how many times I've seen them live. Uh, Megadeth you know. to me is definitely the uh, the stronger the stronger discography mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah, and and you know, then things started to kind of change a little bit. Um, Tool came out, and that was like a whole new thing. And it was like, whoa, all right, like this is cool. This is going in a completely different. Like it had that prog element to it the weird time signatures bass was a big part of that so me being the bass player i was like all right you know i'm gonna figure these things out um and then uh then i started getting into some like really heavy stuff <laughs> um a huge in flames fan 
Um, I don't know if you've you listened to you know, the new album. I think that recently. Uh, I I don't know. I've I've kind of fallen off with almost every artists that I used to listen to. Like I haven't seen an album, and I can't even remember how long between the studio and you know dealing with everything else. Um, I just don't have time <laughs> and listening to things all day. Like I try to protect my ears as much as possible. I was like that weird kid growing up. Like if I went into somebody's car and they had the radio on loud, like I'd pop earplugs in. Um, I don't think I left home without earplugs ever when I was in my teens. Um, and I'm still like that for the most part. Like I don't like to be in very loud, you know, environments for any kind of period of time. Um, I do get annoyed at drummers that like to go and smack the snare drum while I'm trying to set a mic up. And it's like, dude, I'm sitting right here. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to mix your album? These things got to work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, in flames, uh, black Dahlia murder, um, a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. And then the band that I had started and I'll, I'll shoot you a link to that. Cause you, you might be into it. Um, you know, it kind of a, a melodic metal kind of thing. Um, you know, getting into like, um, geez, uh, I'm drawing a complete blank right now, but like, the, like, I don't want to say Meshuggah, but like, uh, was it, uh, Mudvayne, um, yeah. you know, they, they were doing stuff like, uh, that was like, all right, you know, you got kind of got that like heavy stuff, but at the same time you got the melodic thing going on too. You got like song vocals and screams yeah. and like, you know, a mix Under, of everything. Understandable, legible vocals. Right. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with the scream vocals either, but you know, I actually yeah, prefer I get, in, I get in that more than I thought I ever would right now. So yeah, you got a good screamer that can, uh, you know, make the scream legible. Like that's awesome to me. It's like, all right, you know, you, you got this stuff down. Um, Slipknot, um, was interesting to me. I was never a huge fan. Um, however, Corey Taylor is on a completely different level. You want to talk about singers? That man, yeah. holy crap, he can silence a room. Yep. And and I've been in a room when he started singing and like everybody just went, Whoa, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier, but I like literally on a playlist I have of like just the best songs ever, like my favorite songs of all time, from Can to Can't from that Sound City soundtrack. Yep. It's just I just think it's incredible. Like, and I think he's incredible. I'm not a big slipknot fan. Yeah, There's just something about it that doesn't register with me. Like I loved Iowa because that was hard as yeah. shit, and I, you know, I have some good memories to go along with that album. But I'm not a big Slipknot fan, but I'm definitely a Corey Taylor fan. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm not because his solo album, mm, that was rough. Stone but Sour I mean, stuff is really good. Um, listen to much of that. Um, it he's got some really good stuff. I mean, you want to talk about earworm kind of like songs and stuff, man. There's a lot in there that's just like, wow. All right, cool. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a, he's a phenomenal vocalist. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he's starting to get into acting and stuff now too. So I don't know what what his deal is. But, uh, but yeah. I know he's working on a second solo album that he's pretty proud of. So we'll see where yeah. that goes. But but yeah, I if you've got music to shoot me by all means. Cause I mean, it's uh, a lot of my metal 
resurgences. I liked Pantera back in the day. Like I always loved Pantera, but I didn't get too heavy with much. Like I was mm. all over the place. Like Fiona Apple is one of my favorite artists. So it's like I go from Fiona Apple to you know, I've seen Jewel in concert, but then I, you know, I'll switch. Like, did you hear Jewel. her new? Uh, did you hear her album that she did a couple of years ago? Jewel or uh, Fiona? Yeah, I did. I that I. <laughs> It was a little too abstract for me. It's like, weird, I still, man. It's weird. I still liked it, but I'm so used to everything before, and I love everything yeah. before. Like, yeah. love, love. Like, I still like that, but it's just a little, I don't know. I, I just think, like, her vocals, her piano playing, just a lot of she, the things she does. She went amazing. to a different place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she went really abstract, and it just felt really artsy. You know, it was a little too artsy for me. I, I think it's because she wasn't trying to be sold as like a waif sex model or something like that anymore. Yeah, and it yeah. was just like, all right, I can do what I want musically now. Yeah. And, and she did all that during the pandemic and from her home. And, you yeah. know, there's dogs barking in the background that she didn't even edit out. You know, yeah. there's, and I respect the hell out of it. And I like it. I just love everything before it. But, yeah. But Megadeth is what got me on the metal kick, actually. Mm -hmm. Like doing a podcast about Megadeth. And all I remember was hearing uh, cryptic writings and thinking like, this is just a, a response to load and reload. And I don't like it. I still, I I still think it was better than load or reload. It wasn't oh, one of my favorite yeah. albums, but like there was still some decent songs on there. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I will they, say, I think those aged well. I kind of like load and reload now as opposed to back then. Mm. But yeah, Megadeth got me on such a kick, and now it's, I don't know, it it almost can't get heavy enough for me now. Like, All right, I'll, uh, I'll send on. you some stuff over then, uh, you'll, uh, you know, I, man, I, we'll get into a story another time about what happened to my last album that didn't get released. Um, the, the. Reader's Digest version of it is uh, our manager was murdered. Oh, all right. Yeah. In Utah. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that pretty much was the end of the band at that point. We were just like, all right, you know what? We, we got to figure something else out because none of us wanted to step up to the plate and deal with it. Like, you know, between trying to do bookings and, uh, you know, promotions, like all of that stuff, like, none of us were taking care of it. We're just like, all right, we're going on hiatus. And as of right now, we're still on vacation. So, <laughs> but uh, the album for when it was supposed to come out, and I think it was supposed to come out in 20, God, I want to say 2011 or 2010 um, sometime around there. And yeah, it, uh, it was way ahead of its time as far as uh, you know, what was in it and, and you know, what we were doing and when you hear it, I mean, it still sounds a little dated to me, but I'm, I'm interested in hearing your take on it. You know, no, I definitely, like I said, I, I'm addicted to hearing new stuff. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We just put everything on SoundCloud after that. We were like, you know what? I, I it, it would be a shame to have this thing just shelved and nobody ever get to hear it or whatever. So we just put it up and said, you know what, here you go. Yeah. And, uh, called it a day and we wound up dropping with the label and everything. And was just like, all right, you know, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. And yeah, too much. So, yeah. Is, I, I mean, I know nothing of that world, but you know, it's, uh, 
there's definitely a reason most celebrities are batshit crazy. That's for sure. <laughs> Got those stories too, man. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you do. Oh my God. Yeah. All right, man. So that's something to keep the, the carrot in front of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we probably should end on that note. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm thinking good. about some stuff that I don't want to say right now. <laughs> well, 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 jot it down, put it in a note program, put it on some paper. You know, we're, we're paper guys since we're in our forties, put it on some paper and, and we'll get to it. Whether, whether it be uh half private, half live again, or whatever. There is no forgetting this. Trust me. (laughs) There is no forgetting this. (laughs) This it's, it'll it'll stay here too. I live in a small town in Ohio. I got nobody to tell. It is out there. Cool, man. No, this has been really fun, man. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy this. And I, I I love the last one that you did with the video dude. Um, I actually subbed his, uh, his channel. I was trying to get some video tips from him because, uh, as I said, yeah. I can't stand that stuff, but like he had some really good insights as far as just like, you know, the whole grab and go thing to me is, is like, man, I wish I could just do that and, and be confident enough in my abilities that I could just pick anything up and get quality out of it. And he's yeah. apparently able to just do that, which is amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then that guy's such a nice dude. That That's what I yeah. love about the whole thing is just like literally meeting people that you can tell are, are genuinely solid folks you know i don't got any of those where i live they're not here <laughs> and they're just not yeah maybe i'm not giving them enough credit but god i run into assholes every single day so it's like god i gotta i gotta hop on youtube live with somebody because these you know these creators and audio folks and you know studio heads like these guys are so much nicer than everyone else i've i've talked to it's yeah. just like breath of fresh air you get you I get to you, man. our age as they yeah. say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all, all of my friends from the past, like there's a reason they're from the past. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I talked to anybody I went to high school with. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I probably couldn't even tell you where one of them lived. <laughs> I can do that just cause I live in such a small town, but it's, uh, yeah, you just, the chapters life is, is all those chapters. And this, this is the, I like this chapter right now. So, I'm yeah, glad I we agree. agree to talk and, and do this. And I'm excited about the next one because apparently it's going to be pretty nuts. We'll see. We'll have to we'll have to pregame it and make sure like everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll talk it out. I'm not worried about running people off. Like that's I'm I'm talking into effing microphones nobody's ever heard of. Like I'm not getting to 100 to 200k. It's not happening. So no, I'm not I, I, you know, I just don't want to embarrass somebody if somebody recognizes, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll somebody can figure out We'll talk it through before we do it live. Yeah. Whew, man. Cool, man. All right. Well, I really appreciate this and uh, really thank, thank you, you for uh, setting this kind of thing up. I hope this uh, continues to be a thing and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing yeah. what I people that can get on here. Yeah, I enjoy the heck out of it. So. I know Bronson from Audio Hotline wants to do one, even though we kind of do that on our podcast that we do. Uh, there's a handful of guys uh, that, that do YouTube channels that I've got set up to do this with. So it's fun. I just like having a good conversation. So, yeah, this this little segment isn't going anywhere. And if somebody's like, I'm unsubscribing. He's not even talking about <laughs> your mic. Like, oh, we talked about mics. What are you talking about? Well, we kind of did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I just want to have good conversations with people. And and this, this was a damn good one. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you more after this, but everybody seriously, like 
small channels are hard to find. I'm just now getting people saying like YouTube just recommended your channel to me and I'm pretty pumped about it. Like don't wait around, go check out MEI studios. Cause I learn, I learn shit and Patrick's <laughs> a good dude. So just go do it now. And yeah. Quit. <laughs> Thank you very quit, much. Quit playing with yourself to us and go subscribe. I'll see you later, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks folks.